something that I never thought I was going to do in my life, recording a book, and never in a million years I thought I was going to be doing it inside my closet. It's a fun but intimidating experience because you want everything to be perfect. Of course, nothing in life is perfect. Definitely in the Spanish, I did get stuck on one or two words there, entristeció. <laughs> Welcome to This is the Author, where authors talk about narrating their audiobooks. In this episode, meet chef Gabby Melian, young adult author and poet Erica Martin, and anthropologist Ruth Behar. Go behind the mic with these three authors, as they each share why writing their books for children and teens was so important to them. Plus, discover why it was equally important for one of these authors to narrate their own audiobook. Enjoy! This is Gabby Melian. I wrote my book, Food-Related Stories, because I wanted to share with young adults my story of how I became a chef, and how sometimes it might seem easy, but it's not. But at the end of it all, it's a lot of fun. If I have to describe in one word what it is to record my audiobook, I will say unexpected. <laughs> it's unexpected because, I mean, I'm recording it at home. And for the starters, it's something that I never thought I was going to do in my life recording a book. And never in a million years I thought I was going to be doing it inside my closet. So it's fun. I highly recommend it. <laughs> Words that I think I have trouble pronouncing, a few of them, like unabridged, prologue. Do I say it right? The one I mentioned, the fish, you know, you spell it witten with an I, but you say it with a Y. So it's whiting. I hope I say whiting, the fish. And then anything that has an apostrophe of English, huh? Am I right? If I wasn't going to record my book, I would love to have Sofia Vergara recording my book. <laughs> I know I love her. I also like Matthew McConaughey. Am I saying it right, the blonde guy? Oh, my God. He's a soft-spoken. I love that. Yes. Neil deGrasse Tyson. Love his voice. Also, anybody who speaks in British, I will listen for hours. And now, listen to a clip of my audiobook. My younger brother Gonzalo and I had not seen each other for at least seven years. For reasons that are hard to explain, I stopped traveling to Argentina in 2009 and I hadn't seen him much since. As he stepped off the plane to a cold, bitter winter in New Jersey, I wish our reunion was under different circumstances. It was 2016, a few days before Martin Luther King Jr. weekend, and the biggest nor'easter we'd seen in decades. And we have to do the unthinkable. We were saying goodbye to our mother. Hi. This is Erica Martin, author of And We Rise. I wrote this book for many reasons, but the number one reason being, I myself had to dig to find a lot of civil rights history. I thought I knew everything growing up in Memphis, Tennessee, where Dr. King was assassinated. We've been 
told from birth, basically, everything about the civil rights movement or what I thought was everything. So the older I got, the more I realized, hey, this is only half the information. And it really started to hit when social media took off and people start sharing more historical things than anything. So I would see bits about Claudette Coven. I'm like, why had I never heard of her in my formal education even? So it inspired me to go dig and keep digging. And the more I dug, the more I found. And even everything I found wasn't included in the poem book because it doesn't fit the civil rights timeline. But there is so much hidden American history regarding Black history. And I encourage everyone to go out and search and see what you find. You might be inspired to write a book or to just share. Your mind will be blown, though. If I had to describe what it was like to record my audiobook in one word, that word would be intimidating. I actually do public speaking, but I'm like, wow, this is kind of going to be permanent. My voice is going to be on this recording. I hope I can do all right. So it's a fun but intimidating experience because you want everything to be perfect. And of course, nothing in life is perfect. So you want to get it to as close as perfect as possible. But I've enjoyed my experience. I realized I had trouble pronouncing words with S on the end, only some of them. Sometimes I have a lisp, but it doesn't really come out because I've done lots of public poetry aloud. So it's not, you know, nervousness about speaking on the recording. So I guess I'm going to have to work on my lisp that is more pronounced, apparently, during the recording. I'm proud that I was able to record my own poetry collection because initially I was worried that someone else might get the pauses wrong or mess up on the emotion I want readers to feel. And I'm excited that listeners will get to hear it straight from me. And hopefully I did the text work justice. So here's to hoping. If I wasn't going to record my audiobook, I would cast Elizabeth Acevedo. She is a force to be reckoned with. She is wonderful in many ways. Her voice is powerful. Everything she speaks, there's a beautiful command. And I hope one day I'll be able to speak as well as her and command my words on the page as well as she does out loud. The last audiobook that I listened to that I love was Me, Moth by Amber McBride. She has a strong command of her words, and yet her voice is so soft-spoken. But there's so much power in the way she can make her subtle words come to life. If you haven't listened to her audiobook, which she narrates herself, you most definitely should. Me, Moth by Amber McBride. My favorite place to listen to audiobooks is when I'm laying on my bed. I like to be comfortable and just drift off into the story or the narrative that I'm listening to and bundle myself up and just dig in into the words and let my mind drift away. I love audiobooks and everybody should. <laughs> they are real books, by the way. And now, listen to a clip from my audiobook. Ride or die, for there are things worse than death, like being deprived of freedom into your last rattling breath. Ride or die, from Washington, D.C., down to New Orleans, 
to test a theory. Ride or Die by way of James Farmer's endorsement. He organized the Freedom Rides to challenge Boynton versus Virginians desegregation non-enforcement. Ride or Die on a rickety greyhound 13 brave souls headed southbound. Hi, this is Ruth Behar, and I'm the author of Tia Fortuna's New Home, A Jewish-Cuban Journey, and in Spanish, El Nuevo Hogar de Tia Fortuna, Una Historia Judía-Cubana. I wrote my book because I wanted to tell a Sephardic story for small children. I thought it was something that didn't really exist out there in the picture book world and thought I would give it a try. And I was thinking about a lot of things when I was writing this book. I was spending a lot of time in Miami visiting with an aunt who I dearly love and was inspired by that. And then just thinking about Sephardic culture and how so few people know about it and even those who do don't have a book in which they can see themselves. And somehow all of that percolated and became this story. And I was very aware of this building, the Seaway, that I very much loved that was about to be demolished and was really sad about the changes happening as well in this part of Miami. So had that in mind, and that kind of came together with the idea of an elderly lady living in one of those buildings that are about to be demolished and what it would be like for her to have to move to an assisted living because of that and who would be supporting her in such a move. And I thought it would be her young niece and that her niece would spend the last day with her at her beach house and help her move to a new place. And in the course of that happening, the aunt, the Tia, would share with the niece a lot of the culture and history of their Sephardic background. Well, if I had to describe my audiobook in one word, I guess it would be warm-hearted. Because, well, it's an intergenerational story, and it's this girl who's just in love with her elderly aunt and just wants to be there for her and is spending this day with her aunt, this last day in her beach house, the two of them together. And so they're both trying to support each other in such loving ways. So I think that makes it a very warm-hearted story from different points of view. Is there a word or phrase that you realized you didn't know how to pronounce? Oh, probably a million of them, because I read the English and the Spanish version of the story, and definitely in the Spanish I did get stuck on one or two words there, entristecio. <laughs> I got a little stuck on that word. And I think in English, I don't know if there was a particular word so much as just getting the intonation right. I think that's where I struggled with the reading. What about your narration are you most proud of? And or is there anything specific you're excited for listeners to hear? I do think I like the adios, adios, adios of the palm trees, the palmeras saying goodbye to Tia Fortuna. I think I would have made it even more crazy dramatic. <laughs> I was told to tone it down. But nevertheless, we have that lovely swooshing sound and saying adios, adios, adios. That was a lot of fun to do. Who is your dream narrator, living or dead, if you hadn't done it yourself? 
I'll tell you, a dream would be Penelope Cruz, the Spanish actress. She would be pretty amazing. And if she couldn't do it, then I would ask Javier Bardem. If you listen to audiobooks, what was the last great one you listened to? I am listening or starting to listen really to my friend Sandra Cisneros's book, Te Recuerdo Martita, I Remember You Martita. That's a great one. And she reads all of her audiobooks and they're sensational. I can't always do this, but I love to listen to audiobooks when I take long walks on the beach. That's a really favorite way. I Sometimes if I'm in Miami and I can walk for two or three miles, I love to do that listening to an audiobook. I would say that's one of my favorites. And then long car drives. I love to listen to audiobooks then. And sometimes on my exercise bike as well. That's when I'm in Michigan and it's very cold and I'm not getting out very much. And now listen to a clip from my audiobook. I love to visit my Tia Fortuna in her little pink casita at the seaway. When my auntie was young, she lived on the other side of the sea, in Havana. From her rooftop, she waved to the ships as they came into the harbor. But one day, Tia had to leave with nothing but a suitcase of old photographs and the mezuzah that hung on her doorpost and a key to a home gone forever. This is the Author is a production of Penguin Random House Audio. Thank you for listening. For more behind-the-mic content and audiobook recommendations, visit www.penguinrandomhouseaudio.com slash nextlisten.